This is your wake up call. The Breakfast Club, the show you love to hate. From the East to the West Coast. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earned it. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that Breakfast Club. The world's most dangerous morning show. Being a mother, being a. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Started from the top, started from the top. It's hard to run when you got hair plugs, you know what I'm saying? Weighs you, weighs you down a little bit. Envy was a little late running in here. Nobody came and got me. I was in a mix booth. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 yo,
And um, so, yes, he was there as well. And then we had uh, DJ Quicksilver. Okay. Who's our guy. So we had fun. All right. I'll be in Atlanta tomorrow. Atlanta tomorrow. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Now, Nina Turner will be joining us. That's right. Nina Turner is the homie. Nina Turner should run for president one day. If Bernie Sanders gets the nomination uh, next year... You should make Nina Turner his vice president. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? So we'll kick it with Nina Turner. And then we got front page news. Is next, what are we talking about, you? Well, we'll talk about a jury. They just gave a police officer $20 million. We'll tell you why. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Y'all, The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now in Monday Night Football, the Steelers beat the Dolphins 27-14. Now tonight is Game 6 of the World Series. Houston leads the Series 3-2 over Washington. Now, where are we starting, Yee? Uh, let's start with Joe Biden. He just did an interview on 60 Minutes on Sunday, and he was asked if he wanted Obama to endorse him. Here's what he I said. Have to earn, I want to earn this on my own. Did he offer to endorse you? No, we didn't even get there. I asked him not to. He said, okay. I think it's better. I think he thinks it's better. For me. I have no doubt when I'm the nominee, he'll be out in the campaign trail for me. I told him, don't endorse hey, me. fought on Joe Biden's thoughts. All right, knock it off, Joe. <laughs> Nobody believes that. All right, that, that's him trying to get ahead of something that he know wasn't going to happen anyway. You know, you go to your friend and tell him you're about to do something, and they aren't really excited about it. Like, they really give up the energy. Like, they don't want you to do it. So then you tell him, hey, and I don't want you to endorse me either. You're looking at your friend like, I, I wasn't right. going to. All right. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't planning to. Okay. In that interview, right. he also said the Russians don't want me to be president, and Trump doesn't want me to be the nominee. Trump not only doesn't want to do anything about Russian interference, he's going out and asking for help. The Russians don't want any Democrat to be president. That's why I keep saying that there has to be an election security bill passed before 2020. I don't know why people are not acting like this isn't a big deal. They just keep talking about it in passing. The Democrats are also moving toward the next phase of impeachment with a key vote. And they said that the House would vote on Thursday to formalize the procedures of the impeachment inquiry into Trump and Ukraine. It will be the first time the House will go on record on the proceedings. And then after that vote, the next stage of the investigation is going to be them establishing rules for public hearings, provide due process rights for the White House, allow information to be transferred to the committee. Mm -hmm. And then they would ultimately consider the articles impeachment. So the time frame they've been discussing right now is public impeachment hearings before Thanksgiving and votes on whether to impeach Trump by Christmas. Oh, that's what Trump and the Republicans asked for. They said they weren't going to cooperate unless the House voted. So now that the House is voting, let's see what excuse they come up with to not cooperate this time. Because right. you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. All right, now a jury has awarded nearly $20 million to a police officer in Missouri. According to that jury, they feel that the department discriminated against this police officer, Keith Wilderberg, for... Uh, telling him to, quote, tone down his gayness. He said he was at a restaurant in 2014 and the owner offered him some surprising career advice. That owner was also the on the board of police commissions at the time, police commissioners at the time. He said the command staff has a problem with your sexuality. He allegedly told Wilderberg, if you ever want to see a white shirt, which is get a promotion, mm-hmm. you should tone down your gayness. <laughs> now, um, he then Christ. filed a complaint to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And then after that, he was reassigned a month later to a midnight shift in a precinct that was about 27 miles from where he lived. And then after that reassignment, he filed another discrimination charge alleging unlawful retaliation. And so the jury did decide on Friday... Uh, and they did decide to also call for the police department leadership to step down. How how loud was his gay that he was asked to turn it down? That's my kind of gay, okay? (laughs) Drop, Drop on the clues bombs for that loud gay. If your gay is that loud, why be a cop when you can be in Hollywood? You said it was gay, so what? Woo-hoo! My goodness. Come on now. All right. Well, Love a loud gay. That's front page news. As a matter of fact, turn your gay up this morning. My goodness. All right? 
And my borough of Queens. Come on, Queens. There you go. Let's shout out to Queens. Who's all Queens, baby? That's what I'm talking about. My borough of Queens. I'm from Queens, New York. And and what I've been seeing in Queens the last couple of days has really been heartbreaking. Yesterday, they beat up a 79-year-old man. He was walking to the library as a gang initiation. Mm. Beat him up. Broke like two, three ribs. That's some sucker stuff right there. You know what I mean? Also, a 14-year-old girl was shot in the shoulder. The day before, she seen a kid get shot, and they believe maybe she was a witness. Is this all part Allegedly. of the gang initiations? I, no, this is, is this is something else that happened in Queens. All oh. in, the, in the same side of Queens. And come on, Queens. Come on now. And they're saying the shooter could be anywhere from 10 to 12 years old. Wow. Come on, Queens. Come on now. You can't do that. 10 to 12 years old, that's wild. Can't do that. Can't do that. I heard that this morning on the way, and I was like, come on now. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, maybe you had a bad night, horrible night, or maybe you're feeling blessed, Open up the phone lines, 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Uh, this is Johnny. I just want to say Dallas Cowboys, the only team in the NFL to have two bye weeks we got the Giants coming up next, so it's pretty much a bye week. Well, listen, one thing I Shut learned up. about playing the Jets this week, this year, I'm not sleeping on nobody any given Sunday, okay? So let's not let's not uh, say that, sir. Oh, uh, man, all right. Let's well, just show up uh, on let's Astros. Just, shout out to my Astros, but yeah. But you guys have a good morning, guys. You have a good morning, too, all, man. I, all I need us to do is show up this week, okay? Let's not act like this is a bye <laughs> week against <laughs> the Giants. The Giants are way better than the Jets, and we lost to the Jets. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Jay from Jacksonville. Jay, get it off your chest, bro. Hey, man, I just wanted to ask Charlamagne, when's the next time you coming to Jacksonville? Man, I was just at Jacksonville. I was at uh, Edward Edward Waters College a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know when the next time I'm in Jacksonville. Man, I heard about that, but I was listening. I listened on the iHeart Radio app, so I was listening like way late, man. And I yeah. go to Jacksonville University, man. I don't know. I'm sure I'll be down there probably topping next year. I don't have nothing on the schedule for the rest of next year for the rest of this year. And I'm shutting down for the rest right, of this man. year, so. All right, brother. Hello, who's this? This Ron. What's up, y'all? Good morning. Ron, what up? Hey, I wanted to commend Angela Yee for coming into work today. You know, she ain't had no sleep. Just got off that, off of her uh, little trip. Mm-hmm. And DJ Wendy and Charlotte McGann, y'all would have called off for less. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to, this is what y'all need to, you know, you must, you yeah, must my not, brother, you he, can't be serious. You must yeah. not follow me. On yeah, my you schedule. must not follow me either, my brother. I was in three cities on Sunday and was here on Mondays. So I don't know what you talking about. I was in Charlotte yesterday. I don't know what you talking yeah, about. You must not follow in our fact, schedule. In fact, I have to tell you this for disrespecting my work ethic because I take that serious. <laughs> Suck my. D- that's on behalf of both of us, Envy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I did drive myself envy. eight hours envy, yesterday, I'm going to give up my penis for both of us <laughs> in that case, okay? <laughs> I, I guess it's thank you. I, I guess. That's disrespect. Don't disrespect my work ethic now. You can disrespect a lot of things about me. Don't do that. Yeah, that's right. All talk, the time you spend away from my children. Talk about you know, my hair. But don't talk about my work yeah, ethic. God, talk it. about Envy's uh, hair plugs. Talk about me skin bleaching. But don't talk about my work ethic now. <laughs> Hello, Jermaine. What's going on, Envy? Good morning, everybody. What's up, Jermaine? Get it off your chest. I would like to get off my chest a big birthday shout-out to my twin daughters. They turned four today. Aww. Um, they the barmaid twins. Everybody calls them that. Okay. And I just want to send them love and give them a big shout-out. And I'll be picking them up today from school, doing something special with them. What so you going to do? What you going to take them? Uh, well, one got basketball practice, so we're going to do that real quick. Then we're going to go get something fun to eat, some ice cream or something like that. Whatever there you they go. Do, That'll be sweet. That's nice. Day. All right, where you from? 
I'm from Harlem. I'm from Harlem. This barmaid, this Mr. Barmaid. Yeah, you know Barmaid. Mr. Barmaid. Oh, okay. Hey, why you, just don't, why you just don't take your kids trick-or-treating? Because it's like they started Halloween about four days ago. Ain't it, it's Halloween all week, right? All week. Hey, you might as well just take them yeah, trick-or-treating. it is. It is, but it's nasty out here. It's raining and stuff, so I'm in Atlanta, so I don't... We just gonna take it in, and take it light. I just thought he was from Harlem. All right, man, thank you. He's from Harlem. That's the one oh, he said, I said, where you from? Oh, okay. All right, get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we wanna hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Daryl from Vegas. Hey, Daryl, what's up, man? Get it off your chest, bro. All right, well, first, I just want to start with love and say thank y'all. I try to listen to y'all as much as I can. I really appreciate y'all. Oh, thank you, bro. Um, I wanted to get it off my chest that I'm, I live in Las Vegas. I'm an Uber driver, and it really, really bugs me when people don't respect Uber drivers and just don't respect their vehicle, you know, with the throw-up and the garbage Ooh. and just the inappropriate behavior. It's got to stop, man. I agree with that. It's got to go both ways, though. Sometimes I get in some Ubers, and they are disrespectful. I got in one one time. There was uh, empty bottles on the floor in the backseat. There was a towel over the backseat. I was like, come on. I don't even want to get in here. He's front sat and pee. By the way, just to play white devil's advocate, you are in Vegas. So if you're picking up people in Vegas after a certain time of night, bro, I mean, you know what kind of element probably getting in that Uber. They drunk. They high. You know? Anybody have sex in your car? Yeah, I had one that actually led to throw up. I don't want to be inappropriate on the radio, but I had a... Uh, I got you. She no, was no I want to know. She was giving <laughs> yeah. fellatio. Oh, that's what it was? Yeah. Wait, wait. so I picked them up. We're going to, to where they need to go. And I think they're kissing, so I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to mind my business. I don't want to get into all that. But then it seems like she's giving the guy fellatio because I don't see her. I don't see him anymore. But then <laughs> I hear her say very, very quietly under her breath, I have to throw up in the whole car. Uh, throw up. So yeah. needless to say, I think she, uh, you know. I wonder if that did, I if that did <laughs> yeah. anything for the man's ego. I don't know. They got put out in a bad neighborhood, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, <laughs> not right, that long song really making her gag. <laughs> thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, what's your name, bro? Uh, Felix. What's up, Felix? Get it off your chest, man. Yeah, man, I'm calling from Philadelphia. I'm going to say what's up. I really want to have a good morning, man. I'm working on the overnight chef. On my way now to pick up my son to take him to school, man. Everybody have a blessed day and listen to you guys every morning. You know, my job, I cannot get the signal down the basement. I work two floors below ground. So, you know, I got to download the app to listen to you guys. Can't miss your joke. Shalom, what's up, brother? What up, King? How are you? Man, keep calling, man. Keep calling. Happy to hear you. Angela, what's up, Angela? What's up? What's up? Angela. Same old. Angela, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican, man, so you already know. Como está usted? Hey, I see you growing down here, man. Don't let Charlamagne punk you, bro, for real. Right. Nah, nah, nah. You, you, nah, you, you worded that wrong. You worded that wrong. Hey, I, what you should have said was, yo, I see you bought that hair, poppy. <laughs> <laughs> I see you bought that hair, poppy. You a hater. Hater. Hello, who's this? It's Tyree. Tyree, get it off your chest. Yeah, man, I just want to say, right, like, I'm 34 years old, and it's the first time I ever got through, like, through the radio station after all these years. But I would like to say about this powerhouse, like, I, I don't like the fact that they had powerhouse in New Jersey and, like, artists like Meek Mill kept yelling out, New York, New York. Like, give, give New Jersey a shout-out. I'm from North, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, 
you know. So that, okay. that's my only power. And, and I like the fact that he went to the um, new mall too, that American Dream Mall too. Yeah, he went I, to the American Dream that. Mall. But you know, it was it was like half New York in there and about half Jersey in there. Shout know. out Newark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I understand that, but just shout out North. You feel what I'm saying? Like we in the building. We we that's where I was at. So I appreciate that. Like I I know they had to show everybody love, but there you, you know, go. It, it's just a big thing. North New Jersey don't get that much love. Go well, shout know, out to North. Already took. Y'all took the nets from us, like, damn, just give us a little shot. <laughs> nah, you got it. Did you hey. go to that new mall yet or no? Nah, nah, I ain't get up there yet, but I'm thinking about taking my son up there. Okay. All right, bro, we'll have a good one, man. And we uh, welcome right, you in Brooklyn sure. to come see the former New Jersey Nets. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, you, we got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about Eddie Murphy. Talk about a sacrifice that he wants to do because he wants to get back into what he was born to do. That's what I'm talking about. Always got to make some type of Illuminati sacrifice. Oh, my goodness. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Arguing up here, cameraman and the board op about who's more. Uh... No, they was actually arguing because Drum, the board op, said, "Did you see Donald Trump tweet out about Kanye's album?" I said, "It wasn't Donald Trump; it was Donald Trump Jr." He goes, "Same thing." I said, "No, it's not the same thing." It's the same, same No, it's basically. not. It's the president and it's his bum ass son. It's not the same. They're both bums. What are we arguing about? I don't understand. One's the president. Okay, you can be. A, <laughs> it's a difference when you're a bum as the president, <laughs> okay. Drum. All right. All right. Bum is a bum. No, it's not. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. You guys right. are insulting bums. Let's get to the rumors. <laughs> Let's talk Eddie Murphy. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Eddie Murphy is in Wall Street Journal as uh, the magazine's 2019 Entertainment Innovator of the Year. And he said he is hoping to spend some more time on stage now that he's planning a comeback. He said, once I get back on stage, I kind of feel like that's what I was born to do more than anything. When I get back on the stage, I can't imagine wanting to do movies again. So he does have 10 kids, and I guess they're saying he does want to spend more time at home with his family, chilling. He said, it's really easy to feel like you're working when you make a movie. You got to get up at 5, 6 in the morning. I started making movies when I was 20 years old, when I made 48 hours. That's effing 38 years. You've been on a movie set. You see how this ish is. It's not a fun process. Once I get back on stage again, I want to do whatever. Be funny. I can do that whenever I want to. He said, but making movies, being an old dude in the movies, that's not it. So. Hey, Dolomite is great, by the way. Like, if you haven't seen it, you really need to watch it on Netflix. Like, it's a great life lesson in that movie. And that movie is don't let anyone, you know, uh, who doesn't get it dictate your destiny. Don't wait on anybody. Do it yourself. It's a, The really Ray Moore story is great. Mm-hmm. You know, the last time that he did stand-up, he was 27 years old. Really? He said, I look at some of my old stuff and cringe. Sometimes I'm like, I can't believe I said that. I'm 58 now, so I don't think I'm going to approach it the same way. That's how you should feel. Like, like my, my Muhammad Ali said, a man who thinks the same at... A 50 that he did at 20 years wasted 30 years of his life. So you should feel uncomfortable when you look back on on, on stuff that you did or said, especially if you're in entertainment, if you was a, uh edgy person. Now, Eddie Murphy's also going to be on Saturday Night Live, as you know. December 21st is that date. Mm-hmm. And they're saying he's going to be bringing back some classic characters. He said, oh, he's going to do Gumby. He said, I'm trying to figure out some reason to do a Velvet Jones and Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood and a funny Buckwheat sketch. He said, you don't want to go back after 35 years and feel, eh, that was all right. Yeah, he, he do Buckwheat. They're going to say he coon in there, which is stupid, but that's what they're going to say. All right, now let's talk about Selena Gomez and her friendship with Taylor Swift. So, just to give you a clue on what's been going on with Selena Gomez, we already talked about this. She put out her new single, and people started speculating that that song was about Justin Bieber, uh, Lose You to Love Me. 
And we told you about this before. Then Justin Bieber's wife, Haley, posted a song that she was listening to on her Instagram story. That song was Summer Walker's I'll Kill You. So people thought that they were throwing shade at each other. And Selena then went on social media and said to her, to her fans that she will never stand for women tearing each other, other women down. And she urged her fans to be kind to everyone. Well... Just the other day, she posted a picture of herself wearing Skims. Now, Skims are the shapewear that Kim Kardashian has, that line of, of shapewear. Mm-hmm. And then Taylor Swift fans started coming for her. Because, you know, Taylor Swift is one of her best friends. And Taylor Swift and Kim Kardashian do not have the best relationship. So this after is that, too much, man. After that happened, Selena Gomez took down the picture of herself wearing the Skims and posted a picture of herself and Taylor Swift. She said, my ride or die, I would die for this one. Thank you for forever being by my side. You have taught me so much. Walk through all of this with me, stayed, and you remind me to be a better human being. I'm on your side for life. All I know is I hate when those acts like that come to the radio station. Selena Gomez was up here yesterday, and all them little kids be hanging out front, and they got the barriers up and mm-hmm. mad security. It's just amazing how hip-hop is pop culture now, but hip-hop fans don't act towards hip-hop stars the way they do to traditional pop stars. Like, who's the last hip-hop artist you seen come up here and people were lined up outside of the radio station? If Drake came up here, they would. Maybe. Yeah, if Drake did, if Beyonce did. Because they don't do that for every pop star. They don't do that for all of them either. There's been plenty of people up here that no one's lined up for. Yeah, but the big pop stars, even people that you don't even know about, it'd be band names like, uh, it'd be a band called Bandwidth. Like, who's bandwidth? No, they're big. You know what I'm saying? It's a kid's boy band. That's morning, what I'm yeah. saying. They'll be outside for Kendrick. They do be the kids. Would they be outside for Kendrick? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be outside I for Kendrick. I think so, for sure. You said the baby? Yeah, they'd be outside for oh, the baby. Or I could say the, the baby? Not really? like, not like, nah, not like them pop stars out <laughs> here at 4 o'clock in the morning with barricades yes, and all that. You might get signs. A, you might Cardi get a, B. You might get a couple of kids. But if Cardi B was out up here, I bet you they'd be outside. Cardi B, yes. All these people Cardi have been B, yes. here. I haven't seen that. Everybody we're naming has been here. I haven't seen that. But we don't announce it. Oh, that they is true. They announce it. So they announce it. Yeah, yeah right, I guarantee right. you so we so, announced that so, there'll be kids outside. So that's the difference. Mm-hmm. All right. Got you. Cardi B will be here at noon, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> don't say that. No, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your... No, man. No, she will. Cardi B and Rumor report. Her and Offset will be here at noon. No, no, Allegedly, that's what I heard. No, I'm just saying. it's not so true. So kids, if you don't have nothing to do... No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. There'll be a lot of kids out allegedly. there be mad at you, But if I said allegedly. No. There's a possibility. She will not. No, she will not. All right. When we come back front page dudes, what we talk about? You tell Santa Claus not coming either this year? Jesus. Well, <laughs> imagine somebody got released from prison by accident and now they can't find him. I we'll give see. you those details. All right, we'll get into that You're next. Not keep it locked. Now? No. We should do this. This is a good experiment. <laughs> no, it's not. You just sit man. out in the car. We sit in the park and watch. Kids will be waiting outside. They'll be rushing the building. No. Mm. All right, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now on Monday Night Football, the Steelers beat the Dolphins 27-14. Now game six of the World Series is tonight. Houston leads the Series 3-2 over Washington. Now what what we talking about, Yeezy? Well, let's give an alert. In Georgia, in Reedsville, Georgia, a rapist and child molester who was serving a life sentence was released in error on Friday, and he is still on the run. What do you mean released in error? error? They accidentally released him from Roger State Prison. They made a mistake at around noon on Friday. They just gave out this information yesterday, so he's still on the loose. They said they don't know why it took three days for them to put out the word or when the release was discovered, but they said the priority of of them is apprehending the offender as quickly as possible. And at this time, we have all resources focused on the search as soon as the error was discovered. The Georgia Department of Corrections immediately put those resources into place. So they urge anybody who sees 
Tony Macon Munoz Mendez to call 911 immediately. Yeah, man, how, era. Halloween is a pedophile and a rapist uh, Christmas. So they got to get him off the street before Halloween. Right? All right, yeah. And what about the... I wonder if there was somebody else that was supposed to get out, but instead they let him out. So now that person that's still in, they think he's the rapist and the child molest. So he probably getting his ass kicked because he's getting his identity mistaken. All right, now, the girlfriend of a Boston College student who died by suicide in May has now uh, been charged. She texted him to kill himself hundreds of times during their relationship in Young Yu. Uh, she uh, tracked Alexander Ertulo's location and was present when he jumped from a parking garage only hours before graduation at Boston College. They said that she was physically, verbally, and psychologically abusive toward her boyfriend during their 18-month-long relationship. They went through all the text messages that the two of them exchanged, and they said that In Young was telling Alexander to go kill himself, go die, and that she, his family, and the world would be better off without him. So now she's being charged with that. I mean, listen, kids, please don't mm-hmm. make don't make permanent decisions off temporary feelings. Feelings, okay? Please, oh, goodness. Kids. That's why social media is so dangerous because you have all of these these feelings, and you may take them to social media, or you may take them to somebody like that, and then they text you like, "Go kill yourself. The world will be better off without you," and you yeah. really believe that. All right, now Popeyes has announced the return of that chicken sandwich. Speaking we of told death, you. <laughs> so those sandwiches will be available again starting November third. That's like next week. Yeah, that's uh, this weekend. It's that's, on Saturday? That's, that's this weekend, right? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. okay. Oh. So, oh, and Sunday's also daylight savings time, just so y'all know. So the sandwich will Ooh. apparently be a full-time menu item. They do it today, Chick-fil-A is closed. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. They really took their time with those genetically modified chickens this time, huh? It took them about two, three months to build those, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they do expect to have everything in place now to meet all the traffic they're getting. You know, they have people dedicated just to making these sandwiches. Y'all can't still be buying into the hype of the Popeye's chicken sandwich, Yes. Right? A lot of people still haven't tried it. I haven't. And I haven't keep tried it. That it. Way. I haven't tried it. But they, one person said, uh, you know, they've been going back and forth at Chick-fil-A, too. So clearly uh, they're being very petty. Uh, Chick-fil-A's always my go-to. Had they Chick-fil-A posted yesterday. Chick-fil-A closed Sunday, and they put Popeye's open Sunday. So Smoke. that's how they announced that the sandwich is back. At Chick-fil-A in Charlotte Airport yesterday. Mm. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Front Page News. I ate right. a bunch of stuff yesterday I shouldn't eat. I ate Chick-fil-A. I had some uh, barbecue at Carolina Barbecue Pit in Charlotte Airport as well. And my wife made chili last night. So I'm saying all that to say. Might have to look at the bathroom <laughs> Next a, little minutes, before, yeah. a little bit before 8.30 this morning. <laughs> okay, I usually minutes. take a poop around 8.30 every you morning. Runs. Probably be about 30 minutes earlier Mm-mm. today. Mm-mm. All right, well, that is front page news. Now, when we come back, let's talk relationships a little bit. 800-585-1051, T.I. and Tiny, they were on T.I.'s podcast, and they were talking about their relationship a little bit. Let's hear it. You know, when I was about 16, 15 years old, okay. Aunt Joyce, Candy's mama, told me, do not marry for love. Mm. Marry for security. See, women are being trained and conditioned from children. This young lady Some said women. at 15 years old, an OG <laughs> gave her the game and say, listen here, you're going to fall in love, but forget that. All right, well, let's open up the phone lines. Let's talk about it. 800-585-1051. Do you marry for love or do you marry for security? Very important to note that uh, that was just one aunt's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, and like Tiny said in the background, she said, some women. All right. Okay. It's all not right. all women that feel that way. Well, let's open up the phone lines. We'll talk about it when we come back. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. 
add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break, break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're having relationship talk. Now, this comes from T.I.'s podcast. He had his wife, Tiny, on, and they were talking about love or security. Let's listen. You know, when I was about 16, 15 years old, okay. Aunt Joyce, Candy's mama, told me, do not marry for love. Mm. Marry for security. See, women are being trained and conditioned from children. This young lady Some said women. at 15 years old, an OG <laughs> gave her the game and say, listen here, you're going to fall in love, but forget that. So we're asking 800-585-1051, do you marry for love or security? Now, uh, myself, I've been with my wife for 25 years. So she did you 15. marry her for love or security? I was 16. <laughs> I married her for security. She was strong. She could fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, damn. And now I married my wife, of course, for love. There was no security. I, wasn't, there was, I didn't care about money at that time. It was just love. You loved somebody. You liked them. You, you had a great relationship. You had good conversation. It grew to love, and that's what it was. That's my situation. This is a good conversation. Uh, this is Charlemagne the God talking. I will go so far as to say I don't think you can grow to love someone if they don't make you feel secure. I think the sense of security is what makes you grow to love a person. I think people hear that word security and automatically think financial security, but as a man, I feel like my job is to protect and provide. You know, both of, the, both of those are forms of security. Not to mention making your woman feel secure when it comes to the fact she is the only one you want, the only one you want to be with. And I don't think you can really grow to love someone unless they make you feel secure. So I kind of think security might come first. No, but but security, I don't think she meant, I think she meant money. Like, do you, you marry for love or money? That's yeah, but I'm, I'm just broadening it out. Nah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think security just means financial. You I, know what I'm saying? I think it should be for love. You should love somebody. And then I think everything else falls in place. It shouldn't be, a, well, I'm just going to look for money with, I'm just going to look for a man with, with money. Or I'm but just you gonna said, look well, I was, I was never taught to marry somebody with money, but what I was taught is to marry somebody who loves you more than you love them. But that's that's part of security. Like with Envy, Envy's joking, but he's telling the truth. Gia probably does fight better than him. Gia probably does make him feel he did make him make him feel secure. And he was like, "This is somebody I can spend the rest of my life with because she got my back." When we say, "What is what is what does having somebody's back mean?" Securing them. Yes. yes. So I think I don't think that you can grow to love somebody until they make you but, feel secure. You gotta feel you gotta feel secure to be like I love you. But there's a lot of women or a lot of men that might, that might marry for security that don't love somebody or just there just they, because no, that person makes money. Financial security. Financial security. That's why I said security to me means more than just financial. I think people look at that they see, they hear security and they just automatically think financial. I think it's it's bigger than that. You know. What so I mean? you think with Ti and Tiny they weren't talking about financial. They were just talking about security in general. I think they were talking about financial. Well, in that case, it sounded like she was talking about finances. Okay. You know what I mean? But she, I'm just going off the words that she used. She said security. You know what I mean? And I, I just think that security means more than just financial security. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello. Who's this? Natasha. Hey, Natasha. What's up, mama? Hey. I'm so glad to talk to you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Kudos for being strong. I have two sons, and I love you for being strong mentally and putting it out there. I took one, both of my sons, actually, I took them to this place where you went to float and get all of this good psyche stuff. Oh, I love float and, therapy. Oh, where you you calling from Michigan? Yes. Where you calling from? Yes. Oh, you went to Inception? Yeah. I oh. took my kids there because of you. I saw that. So, yes, I do love you. I love Inception. Thank you. Salute to my man David out there in uh in, in, in Farmington, Michigan, man. I love Inception. If you try to get mentally healthy, go to Inception. 
Now we're talking yeah. about love. We're talking about love yeah, and security. Emulate. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do you think? Right. What are you married for? Love or security? Security. Why? Because I've been married once, and I'm a single mother, and the man had a nervous breakdown. And if, you know, you can't sustain your family, you can't go on with love. You have to be, um, your family that you come from, the man, has to raise son to be a husband. Like, teach them how to sustain a family. Because that's how you um, nurture love, is if you can sustain the marriage and then have a family and go on. You can't. I, I with, with no basis. I agree with you. That's why I said you got to have security before you can have love because love ain't got nothing to do with it. If you in a house and that man is having nervous breakdowns and he's bugging out and he's making you feel like you're not secure, you're not staying with him because of love. Yeah, but, but you know, we all go through problems and we all have different situations. If you love me, you're going to stand with me through thick and thin. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. As long as I'm not abusing you, it doesn't matter how much money I'm making. It doesn't matter about none of that. If you love me, you stand by well, that, that, well, that, but, but that But that's when the woman is securing you, though. That's when the woman's no, having your back. Because that means that then the woman has to go have a nervous breakdown with the husband. He's not, the necessarily. The not necessarily. Not necessarily. All the time, you can't be strong enough. All the time. Okay, you can be fiat, but I'm just saying. If you're asking a question, you're posing a question, you you shouldn't try to beat the odds. Just say, well, I can get into something and handle that. Everybody can't handle that. A young woman is not equipped to handle pulling a man out of that. Mm. All the time. All right, well, thank you, Mama. 800-585-1051. Do you marry for love or security? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking T.I. and Tiny, some relationship talk on T.I.'s podcast. And we're talking about Expeditiously. love or security. Let's hear you know, when I was about 16, 15 years old, okay. Aunt Joyce, Candy's mama, told me, do not marry for love. Mm. Marry for security. See, women are being trained and conditioned from children. This young lady Some said women. at 15 years old, an OG <laughs> gave her the game and say, listen here, you're going to fall in love, but forget that. So we're asking 800-585-1051, do you marry for love or security? We have Manny on the line. Manny, good morning. Hey, what's going on? It's Lonnie. Hey, Lonnie. Do you marry for love or security? Boy, you can't read. <laughs> Not you, Lonnie. It says, it says Manny. Love. Your hair plugs in your eye, bro. It says Manny. My hair's not that long yet. But you ahead, said bro. you were married for butt? I'm married for love. Because oh. Security, are you happy? I feel like... What kind of security, though? You mean financial security? I mean stability, security, anything. Because if you... I feel like... Love is a very important factor in a relationship. I, I feel agree. like marrying for security is good for stability, but you can have stability for yourself. When you marry for stability, then what else in your relationship is lacking? So also, a lot of times people don't start off stable, and that stability comes later on, especially when you get married younger. Well, listen, so you telling me that you just grow to love people who are not stable? You just grow to love people who, make you, who don't make you feel secure? I mean, when you're married for love... You love a lot of things about that person. So that's what made you fall in love with them. So I feel like that's why I would marry for love and not stability. Okay. Thank you. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. It's Leela. Leela, good morning. Marrying for love or security? 
I'm married for love. I think that people should only put any security into a situation and secure in the person that you decide to have a committed helpmate for for the rest of your life. Love is the thing that's going to continue to push you and uh, dig into that commitment. Uh, security is a contingency. Wealth is a contingency that you can easily push to the side and break your commitment to. Um, so you definitely should marry for love. Okay. Thank you, Mama. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Keys, good morning, Keys. Good morning. Hey, what's up, bro? Do you marry for love or security? Uh, yo, I'm going to keep it 100. I think this is really a woman's question, but I am calling <laughs> to be bitter about this. Because I feel like this is not a woman question. You, I just want to. What man is going to say they marry for security? I never heard no man. Hold on a second. I'm just going to tell you. You know, every time somebody calls, they leave a little description, right? On this Uh, one, it says Keith says it's a woman question, and he's bitter. He sounds broke to me. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) But broke ass Keith. Why? why, What's the problem, bro? Damn, man, that was, that was harsh. Yeah, that was harsh. I don't know. I don't he know lightened his voice, you like though. That. You sound nicer yeah. now. I don't know why they did you like that, but, but, <laughs> you, but you, sound you sound a lot humbler, yeah, though. We humbled you real quick, Keith. Continue. Well, yeah, Keith. well honestly, I think that. Well, honestly, I think that is uh, is a woman's question. I never really heard no 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 woman say that. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, so you don't want a woman. You don't want a woman that makes you feel secure in the fact that you know you're the only man she wants, the only man she wants to be with. Is that considered? Is that considered security? Yes. I, I would. I would guess anybody would want that. But that, that, that's what I mean. We we look at this word security and we just automatically think financial. We but think, that's what I think. That's what I think. Tiny was talking about financial. But I'm telling everybody yeah, to think what, a little that's bigger. That's what I Security yeah, ain't just finances. Yo, real quick, I, I just watched this uh, this movie that kind of like coincided with what y'all talking about called Plug Love. Y'all ever heard of that? Oh yeah, that's wow. a betrayal. Wow. So you was watching, yo, you was, that was, that, so you that, was that, watching that, Moonlight that. on Netflix, and then that's what they recommended. <laughs> right yeah, after no, Moonlight. no, no, no. Oh, I seen Plug Love. That sound like a those, <laughs> are, those are my peoples <laughs> in Detroit. That you use the word broke, but um, they was they was. Oh, so you was watching Brokeback Mountain right after Moonlight, and then after Moonlight and Brokeback Mountain, they recommended Plug Love. All right, bro. Well, shout, out, shout out to Plug Love, but go ahead. <laughs> Plug Love. That's a good love. movie. Plug Love. I'm not mad at that. We'll take some more calls. 800-585-1051. Do you marry for love or security? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're going to play the clip again. We're talking T.I. and Tiny. They were talking about... Do they marry for love or security from... Well, let's just hear the, let's hear the audio. You know, when I was about 16, 15 years old... Okay. Aunt Joyce, Candy's mama, told me, do not marry for love. Mm. Marry for security. See, women are being trained and conditioned from children. This young lady Some said women. at 15 years old, an <laughs> OG gave her the game and say, listen here, you're going to fall in love, but forget that. So we're asking 800-585-1051. Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Mindy. Hey, are you marrying for love or security? Absolutely marrying for love. Wow. There you go. You don't you don't need to marry anyone for security if you do what you need to do to make sure that you're secure on your own. Okay. I absolutely believe that you should marry for love. And Mama Joyce needs to stay her ass down somewhere. To stop giving these chicks bad advice so they can be old and lonely like her. Damn. Damn. Well, I will say this. The number one reason people get divorced is usually financial. And so sometimes when that struggle is there, it does hurt your relationship and lead to a lot of arguments. Free Ma. Hey. Hey, you you, you marrying for love or security, Mama? Um, Being that I'm getting ready to get divorced next time with <laughs> for security. She said, I learned my lesson. Why are y'all getting divorced? 
Um, finances and just other what stuff I just as said. Well. Yeah. But why why would finances take a play in if you love it? It shouldn't matter what, you know what the finances are, right? Because sometimes you have to feel secure and know that he has your back. And if you always the one to have to hold it down, enough is enough sometimes. So that's, I hate I even said my name and I'm saying all this on the radio. Yep, that man is mad at you. But that's why I said I don't think you can grow to love somebody unless they make you feel secure. And truthfully, men sometimes in relationships when they can't, uh, live up to what they feel like the standard of how they should be financially, sometimes that affects how they treat you too. That's true. And the crowd that they keep. Right. If the crowd they keep is not 100% doing what they have to do and they're doing a little more than the crowd they're around, they're going to feel like they're doing enough. And sometimes that's just not enough. Okay. Yeah, so you. basically what you're saying is, I don't care if you're better than them broke as <laughs> you be around. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Kia. Hello, Kia. You marrying for love or security? I would say um, love, but also I'll make sure their finances is in check before I marry them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know what? Because it, yeah, I they, wouldn't say money because money always takes you, you know, it always gets you to a bad place. That's right. what I'm saying. And a lot of people have difficulty being honest about their financial situations, too. There's so many people that they decide to move in together, and then you find out their credit is messed up. People, it's a hard thing for people to discuss. I don't like the word security in this situation. I think they should say, would you marry for love or money? Because I think when we throw these words around like stability and security, we think about finances. But no, stability is just a person being stable emotionally, mentally, spiritually. That stability is what makes a person feel secure. And then that's where the love comes from to me. Like, I don't think you can grow to love someone if they don't make you feel secure. Like, you would never grow to love somebody who doesn't make you feel safe. You just wouldn't. Mm. But the, the first time you ever took your woman out, you had to make her feel safe and secure. Correct. And not only that, if you started at a young age, you had to make her parents feel like you were, you know, uh, stable and yeah. would keep her secure. Uh, yeah, they got to feel safe with, with, with their daughter with you. Yeah, but sometimes he, he if you don't know route. you could pay the, the bills or the rent or the mortgage every month, you don't feel so stable. Yeah, I guess you could go that right. I was I was more thinking love or, or, or money. Or money. Right, but... Because, yeah. like I said, security to me, man, I just feel like it's your job as a man to protect and provide both of those are forms of security. And just making your woman feel secure when it comes to the fact she is the only one you want, the only one you want to be with. Like, like think about it right now. Black men don't cheat, right? Mm -hmm. Think about how stressed out our wives were, and I speak for myself, I'm not going to put you in this, Envy, because you know, you may not want to rehash this. Okay. But think about how stressed out and how much anxiety your wife had when she thought you was out here with your penis in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? I know my wife was. I'm, I'm backing myself up from this conversation. <laughs> yeah, don't do it to All I'm simply saying is there was a time we didn't make our wives feel so secure. Correct. And we, we, we had to go out of town and do our little gigs out of town. They didn't feel secure. Correct. You know what I'm saying? What now they feel secure. Correct. Because they know we are grown men who are embracing the responsibility of being fathers and husbands and we're not out here cheating. A lot Correct. of people will stay more. Like that. A lot of people will stay, though, clear. if there's some finances involved because when you broke and you cheating... Mm. That's not true. I've been okay. with my wife 23 years. I've been with my wife. When I, I was doing the most cheating when I was broke. <laughs> I'm just saying, in general, I know a lot of women who are in situations where they're like, well, he takes care of everything. I have kids financially. I don't know what's going to happen if well, I, I mean, leave. Choosing financial and that does security. happen. Right. They're choosing financial security over love. Well, I but know I'm, mine but, is Charlemagne's situation. I know that it doesn't matter anyway because they'll take 90% of it regardless. So and they can that, have it. That, they that, deserve yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So that, would, that wouldn't it. matter. But, yeah, I agree with you. I just, right. I just like, I like the security of giving my woman a peace of mind, and I choose, you know, giving my woman peace of mind over other pieces. Of
That's that's security for me. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes. Well, since we talked about T.I., let's talk about T.I. versus Iggy Azalea. We'll tell you what was said on The Breakfast Club and how Iggy responded. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, T.I. was on The Breakfast Club. I wasn't here for that interview, but I saw you guys being discussed on the blogs with what was said. Now, in particular, Iggy Azalea was discussed because T.I. has been saying that it was a mistake for him to have worked with her. Here's what happened. When she found out white people liked her and she didn't really need black people to like her anymore, she switched up, started mm. acting different, made moves that I wasn't proud of. Mm-hmm. And she was very arrogant about it. And I feel like that energy led to motherfuckers like, ah, we ain't with that. Right. You know, and the raps were dope at first. Of course, she had... Writers. Help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then she exposed herself so much, and you know, and it just... With the sway freestyle? All of it. All right, he had said that she was the tarnish of his legacy. Well, Iggy Azalea took to social media to defend herself. She said, when will this guy shut up? The only song you were ever a part of making was 100. Thank you for that. But you were not a part of the creative or executive process on that album, which is why I've always taken issue with you trying to approximate yourself with its success. Please move on and speak about artists you are hopefully actually helping and stop trying to bring me up for relevance. I don't bring your ass up. No one is asking about you. I'm trying to be nice because I genuinely have better and more interesting things happening. But seeing a man speaking out of his a-hole and blurting out one thing in public and another in private for years is really infuriating. Keep it pushing, sweetie, and worry about what your next storyline is for Family Hustle. I don't, I don't know what, what Iggy's case was, but I mean, that's most artists in general, white or black. When these Caucasians start embracing you, then all of a sudden you're too good for the BET Awards and the NAACP Awards. You just want to be at the Grammys and the VMAs. But we asked him. That's why he actually uh, he answered. We yeah, asked him. I don't, I don't think that Iggy was a blunder of his. I think that when you take a white woman from Australia and she had the success that Iggy had, even for a moment, that's a win. All right, she also posted a previous quote from him. She said, so anyway, like I was saying, and she posted, I mean, I ain't no ghostwriter, Tip said in an interview with Bijou Star TV. Iggy got her own ideas and thoughts that she presents to the world her own way. I couldn't write a lot of the ish she say. I couldn't put her thoughts into words as articulate as she does. She just has a different way of presenting herself and her art. And he did say, however, in that same interview that she does get help with hooks and certain things like that. So Iggy's saying she's never had a ghostwriter? Is that what she's saying? Yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm the help of the team of writers. Correct. I, I, who's going to take credit for Iggy's lyrics? Like, who's... <laughs> Maybe Iggy writes song. I'm sure she probably does, but who is going to take credit for him? Like, who's going to raise their hand and say, hey, I wrote that. Uh, I mean, if I wrote one of them hits that number one record, I would say if I wrote it, would you? You might, you might take claim for Fancy. Well, I'm just t- saying. I just take, if I wrote Fancy, I'd be like, I wrote Fancy. Yeah. All right. Number one record. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Monica, this is an exclusive from the Jasmine brand. Monica and Shannon Brown, they divorced. They've, uh, in paperwork, revealed who's getting what. So, according to the arrangements in these court documents, Shannon is keeping the house that they lived in with their kids in Georgia. And Monica and the kids have up to six months to relocate from that property. Meanwhile, she gets their luxury vehicles, which includes a Maybach, a Mercedes, and a 2016 Range Rover. Neither party will get alimony, separate maintenance, or spousal support of any kind from the other party. You got to let the, the, the kids, the wife, keep the house, right? 
You don't want to take the house. I mean, well, maybe no, they Monica, had Monica might not have wanted it. Yeah, That's maybe true. they made that agreement. You know? She's going to get her own house that. somewhere else. She could do that. I'm sure Monica got a couple cribs in GA. Mm -hmm. Probably a few. Drop on a clue bombs for Monica. Damn Shout out to Monica. How can you not love Monica? All right, now Snoop Dogg has uh, some things to say about TDE. Shout out to Top Dog and everybody at TDE. Here's what he had to say about them being somewhat a spinoff of Death Row Records. We absolutely followed the motto of Death Row. I just think, I think, and this is me saying it from being in Death Row and being on the outside looking at y'all, I think y'all are a better version of Death Row Records. And that, that's with no disrespect, that's with all respect, because once you look and you see somebody do it the right way, and then you see them do it the wrong way, and then you get a chance to do it your own way, then you're able to take the wrong out and do it the right way. That's why y'all been able to sustain for so long. You and Top Dog, y'all some dope Top Dog bosses, the way y'all run y'all all true. Yeah, it's interesting. It's nuanced to that, right? I would say that they are better because longevity-wise, it's no question. TDE been up and running for a decade with no signs of slowing down anytime soon. Uh, you know, but talent-wise, and I say this with all due respect because I love TDE, Death Row, even though they had a short run, they still have been beat when it comes to iconic talent. Not saying TDE can't get there because J-Rock, Schoolboy Q, SZA, you know, they put out the kind of music where at this point they one classic project away from being... You know, not just all-stars, but certified Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, they're still out here working, still signing yeah. artists. Yeah. Still got a lot of service sign. But right now, at this point, after well. 10 years, TDE Asshole. only has one bona fide Hall of Famer, and that's Kendrick. Right, and you're talking Defro, we're talking Dre, Snoop, Pop. Pop. I mean, even Daz and Corrupt. You're talking Daz about the production. Corrupt. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, man. You know? All right. And uh, Punch responded to that on social media. He said Snoop Dogg sat on stage in a room full of people and said, we, TDE, are a better version of Death Row Records, humbled. And I guess they could also mean just business-wise, too, and having it together. That could be that, too. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that listen, way. longevity, they got Death Row beat for sure. You're talking about a decade of TDE. Like, Death Row was really only, like, four years. Four strong years. That strong years has, has, has strong such years. an impact on this culture. Yeah, All right, now, I'll let's, take the 10, though. let's discuss growing up hip-hop. Irv Gotti and his kids... Uh, actually ended up talking about this whole reunion that he's trying to do. They're trying to do a Murder, Inc. reunion. And you know what comes up? The fact that he doesn't have the best relationship with everybody from Murder, Inc. Check this out. The tricky thing with the Murder, Inc. reunion tour is I really don't with some of them. We know. Like who? <laughs> we know. I'm in such a good place. I got so much great to think about moving forward. I don't want to think about the bad the past. I mean, the world, everyone knows. I really, you know, the Shanti. We haven't spoken I don't know how long. You know, with Ashanti, it is a delicate situation. She is a big part of Murder Inc. The fans want that. Everybody wants that. Yeah, you can't have a Murder Inc. reunion without Ashanti. And then that's when <laughs> uh, their daughter actually talks about all the drama that happened while she was in middle school. We were still married, but we were separated when they were dating. I was used to it from the from the beginning, like him going and traveling. I just wasn't used to the women. Yo, you, you kicked me out. I was old enough, I remember. So I was in middle school and all of this, like cheating and scandal and like all this stuff happened with my parents. I was young in the sense of like, I didn't really know how to comfort my mom. I just knew that my mom was hurting. They kind of doing a Murder, Inc. tour without Earth. Like, Mur Ja and Shanti. Because yeah. I saw it was Shanti's birthday the other day, and Ja definitely right? sang, had everybody sing happy birthday. Am I wrong? Or, aren't they kind of on the tour just without Earth? That's what I thought. Hey, she, hey and we got a point there. They kind of doing it. <laughs> All can right. I, can we, are we, is we seeing Always on Time? Yes. Is we seeing Mesmerized? <laughs> yes. Is we seeing Foolish? Yes. And that's a Murder, Inc. tour. All Irv, right. Irv, Irv, Irv is the guy, but he didn't spit no bars. <laughs> 
Well, I'm Angela like, Yee. You could do a whole death row tour right now without Shug. You just need Tupac's hologram and you're good. Yeah. And that is your rumor report. All right. Thank I, you, no, we have, Eric, we have to talk about this. Yeah, I like having these conversations, especially but, with Irv. You can have a Murder, Inc. reunion tour without Irv. They've been doing it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They've been doing it. Irv but what about the rest of Murder, Inc.? I mean, Ashanti, Ja, Lloyd. That was it. No, well, yeah, but it was Black Child and... Yeah, Vita come out and do her verses on classic Charlie records. Baltimore. I would even put Little Mo on a Murder Inc. reunion tour. Murder Inc. I mean, Little Mo was responsible for a lot of those, you know, records sounding real big. Mm -hmm. Let Charlie Baltimore come out and do some joints. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Shalomang. I think we really need to discuss this. Can you have a Murder Inc. tour without Earth? I think so. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's the Sorry, I mean, I'm sure he wants to be involved, though, because he also probably I mean, owns the name. He, yeah. But they're doing it now. And you're an executive. It's like having a Def Jam tour. You don't need Lee R. Cohen and Kaiser and Kevin Lyles. It's like, you're an executive. It happens. But don't he own the name Murder Inc., him and Ja? So you kind of can't. They're selling out arenas now without using the name Murder Inc. They're saying Ja Rule and Ashanti. Mm. And people just knows it's a Murder Inc. thing. I would love to hear Irv expound on this. All right. Yes. All right, well, who are you giving your donkey to? Uh, you know, donkey of the day is just another reason for you not to fly Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines is the Florida of flights, and we'll talk about it for after that. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. You are a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yes. The breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Well, <clears throat> donkey of the day for Tuesday, October 29th, goes to an airplane pilot named Captain Terry Graham and his co-pilot, Ryan Russell. Now, let the record show Captain Terry Graham was a pilot uh, for the China bus in the sky known as Southwest Airlines. I don't like Southwest Airlines. Southwest Airlines and Spirit have to be the two worst airlines in the history of airlines. I remember I had a flight booked on Spirit once, and it was a bright and sunny day. And this is when I wasn't getting money like that, so an airline ticket cost an arm, leg, leg, arm, head. All praises due that I was able to even afford that bum-ass ticket, but when I was at the airport, they just canceled the flight for no reason, no explanation, no nothing. Just, nah, not today, you ain't flying. And they never refunded me my money. Didn't give me no credit, no nothing. Just F you, you should have known better to fly with Spirit. Remember the locks raping you record skits growing up? Uh, we, we listened to those. Why the hell would we fly spirit when Jada Kiss taught us better? So my bad for that. Now, Southwest Airlines, I haven't flew in a while. And that's only because I wrote them off years ago because there's nothing worse than having to get on a plane and play a game of musical chairs. Okay, planes need organization. Southwest Airlines has none of that. Getting on a plane and having to pick your own seat, just leaving it up to people just to have a free fall and sit anywhere. That is the worst concept that anyone ever created, especially on a plane. Not to mention, if you're on Southwest and you have a pet, do you know the pet can pick its own seat too? No. I'm dead Shut ass up. serious, all right? You know the original concept for snakes on a plane was supposed to be on Southwest Airlines, but it didn't work in the original draft of the movie because the, snake the snakes took all the aisle seats and nobody with common sense wanted to get on the plane after seeing that, so they had to rewrite the movie and make it another airline that doesn't give animals the same rights and privileges as humans. I'm dead serious, okay? I'm actually lying, but Envy is Googling right now because he's just so naive. But Southwest is the only airline named after a direction that has no direction. So it's hard for me to have empathy for anyone who flies Southwest Airlines. But therapy has made me more, you know, empathetic towards people. And I definitely have empathy for people in this situation because what happened to this flight attendant on this Southwest Airlines flight is something that I think about happening to people I love on the regular. Let's go to Good Morning America for the report, please. 
Southwest Airlines is under fire after a flight attendant filed a lawsuit alleging there was an iPad hidden in the laboratory. Flight attendant Renee Steinecker filed the complaint alleging that she made the discovery on a flight from Pittsburgh to Phoenix back in 2017 when she was called into the cockpit so that the captain could use the restroom. It was then that Steinecker says she found an iPad mounted to the windshield near one of the co-pilot's seats, mm. live streaming a video from the laboratory. The mm. lawsuit also alleges that Steinecker was directed by a supervisor that she was not to talk to anybody about what happened. Steinecker also alleges in court documents that the co-pilot admitted that it was live streaming and that the camera was hidden so that no one would ever find it. The pilots responding to the lawsuit are denying the allegations. The airline tells ABC News they will vigorously defend the lawsuit and that the company looked into the report immediately, adding, we can confirm Confirm from our investigation that there was never a camera in the laboratory. The incident was an inappropriate attempt at humor, which humor. the company did not condone. She is seeking at least $50,000 in damages. That's all? And according to the lawsuit, she confronted the pilots about the video and she was told that it was all part of a new top security measure. But she remains at the airline and the pilots remain at the airline. Wow. This is an invasion of privacy, and we're not talking about Cardi B's debut LP, okay? I really do think about stuff like this, especially when I'm in hotels. I never really think about it when I'm alone because I don't care if you see this average-sized penis of mine, but I think about it when I'm with my wife and daughters or when I got my homegirls with me and we all stand in, like, the same hotel or in a villa somewhere. I don't, I don't, I don't you know, I don't know why I have these thoughts, you know? But I do have these thoughts because we all know the world is under surveillance right now, all right? I always feel like somebody's watching me. Word to Rockwell. But, I always feel oh. Somebody's watching me. Right. Okay, production. All right. But back to these perverted ass pilots. Do you know how sick you have to be? What kind of predator you have to be to set up a camera in a bathroom in an airplane? Are you watching these people get on the plane and saying to yourself, oh man, that person is attractive. I hope they have to pee. Now, Southwest is denying it, but uh, Renee Steinecker actually saw the live stream of the peace screams. So somebody's lying. And I don't know who, but I don't see why Renee would have any reason to lie about this. And why would Southwest say this was an inappropriate attempt at humor? What's funny about watching people pee on a plane? Okay? <sighs> who knows? All I know is this all comes back to one thing and one thing only. Southwest airline sucks all right the wright brothers did not build the world's first airplane and make the first human flight for other humans to fly southwest airlines yes perverts that are pilots are disgusting but perverts that are pilots for southwest airlines shouldn't be allowed to get a job anywhere okay look look listen to me people southwest is to airlines what florida is to the united states of america i mean you can go there but don't be surprised when some nut-ass stuff like this happens. Please let Remy Ma give Captain Terry Graham and the co-pilot Ryan Russell the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker! you dumb. Mm-hmm. All right. I, 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 look, I look down upon Southwest Airlines. Me too. When I'm walking through the airport and I hear them say, this Southwest Airlines flight to such and such is delayed, I'd be like, you dumbasses, how dare you ride Southwest? God bless everybody riding Southwest. What but, airline? But make better choices in life, please. Yeah, what airline did Charlemagne put us on that one time? I believe it was Southwest. It was Southwest. He, I gave y'all what y'all deserve. No, <laughs> he put us on Southwest, right, and said, "Hey, I, we, we, I think we were flying to South Carolina." I don't, I don't remember this, by the and way. And then I waited online, and it was like, I was like, "Well, I don't have a seat yet, sir." And they was to like, "Grab one." You have, it was like, well, "You have to grab one." I said, "What do you mean, grab one?" And it was like, "No, it's like a bus. Like this is first all come, a lie. First this serve. is a lie. I'm gonna tell you what happened after." And that. remember, I told you they had goats. Somebody was bringing a goat. Exactly, on the plane. and the goat like, got to pick his own seat. But I'm gonna tell you how I know Envy is lying. Uh, Envy got on the Southwest Airlines flight, and then he got trampled, and then Nelly <laughs> Nelly came and picked him up and put him in an aisle seat. 
Oh, that's what that's that was the story he told me originally. Shut up. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for that donkey today. Now, when we come back, Nina Turner will be joining us. Salute yes. to Nina Turner. Nina Turner is a surrogate for uh, Bernie Sanders. She's a former senator from Ohio, and I think she should run for president one day. Uh, and if Bernie gets the nomination in 2020, she should be the VP. But that's just me talking. All right. We'll talk to her when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. We have an amazing guest in the building today. She is uh, Senator Nina Turner, the national co-chair for Bernie Sanders' campaign. How are you, Queen hey, Turner? Sure, I'm fine. How, how you are feeling you? this morning? You good? I'm good. Yes. Miss Angela, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. It's good to see you, you always. You too. Um, are you stressed out yet? Hell, being a black woman in America stresses you out. About <laughs> yet, as soon as I was conscious about my condition in America. Yeah. But I know what you're getting at. I mean, the campaign trail is heavy, mm-hmm. but it's a good kind of heavy. I feel like I'm doing God's work at this period of time in my life. What other, what, what complications have Bernie Sanders? Uh, his health, his health complications. How has that complicated your job? You know, at first it was a scare. I mean, people were trying. I mean, they've always been trying to count out Senator Sanders, as you both know. But he has been consistent and vigilant. But the health scare did cause some people to say, especially his haters, you know, it's really time to go. They all, they, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. the they being the neoliberals and the establishment type. And as you both probably know, Senator Sanders is the only candidate with an anti-endorsement list. Mm. So he has plenty of haters. They've always wanted him gone, they being those people who benefit from the system. But when he had that heart attack, folks were really saying, it's time to go. But as we know in Queens, baby, Bernie is back, hashtag. And, you know, he's really standing strong. and He's really using what happened to him. I mean, even when he was in the hospital, he was thinking about Medicare for all. Yeah. For everybody. You know, yeah. he's sitting there. I got to do more. And then getting some great endorsements as well. Yeah. Even though. <laughs> I get by with a little help from my friends. Absolutely. Yeah. So how has that affected the campaign now with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? with um, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Amor coming forward and endorsing Bernie Sanders. It's been good. It's given a different, a new level of synergy and energy. As we remember in 2016, the haters tried to paint the senator as someone who did not connect with the African-American community in particular Mm -hmm. and people of color by extension. But as we can see, the rainbow mosaic is forming. It has always been there. He did very well in 2016 with different ethnic and racial groups in the younger generation, Mm -hmm. the millennials. And now having these new congresswomen come aboard and say, oh, yeah, we with this brother. He is the true feminist in this race. He is the true humanitarian in this race, and we stand up with him is a beautiful thing. Let's speak to that. What, what has Bernie, Senator Sanders, done specifically for black people over his 30-year career? Because people always say, oh, oh, he marched with King, or he was tied to a black woman. But what does his yeah. record say he did specifically for black people? Because I remember I read an article in the Daily Beast, and some black people in Vermont said they always felt invisible. You know, Senator Bernie Sanders has always been one standing up. And so when he talks about having a $15 an hour minimum wage, that's that's truth talk to black folks. Mm -hmm. We are underpaid in almost every single industry, historically so. Mm -hmm. So when you have grassroots energy and grass tops energy, you get over 400,000 people in this country received a living wage just because he didn't sit on the sidelines and say, I'm going to wait until I become president Mm -hmm. of the United States of America making sure that we have unions in this country. Mm -hmm. African-American folks and other marginalized communities benefit when there are unions. And I want to give a shout out to the Chicago's Teachers Union because they're striking right now for better wages in smaller classrooms. Imagine your babies being in classrooms. There are 40 children, 30 children. How can you learn like that? So those are the types of things. We were in Canton, Mississippi with Brother Danny Glover 
marching on, on uh, Canton, Mississippi, supporting Nissan workers there in 2017, most of those Nissan workers were black folks. Mm. Nissan is unionized in every other country except for the United States of America. Canton, Mississippi, the UAW was trying to unionize, and we were right there by their side. So the senator has a proven track record. In 2010, when he stood up on the floor and filibustered for eight and a half hours against the extension of the Bush tax cuts, saying that, why, well, I'm paraphrasing, but in other words, we don't flinch when it comes time to give money to Wall Street, but then we got to grovel when it comes time to make an investment in Main Street. So that, Shar and, and Angela, that has been his history mm-hmm. to stand up for the most oppressed people in this country. And he understands that African Americans have suffered even more so than, you know, the, the disparities within the disparities, as he calls it. He understands that keenly, and we have policies that will help to eradicate that. Medicare for all is one of those. College for all is one of those. And even the movement for black lives, when they talk about reparations, they talk about the need to have universal programs as one part of the reparation fight. So Senator Sanders is in this 100%, and he is by far the best candidate for our people and other poor people in this country. Now, I texted you after the debate the other night. I said, man, it just feels like uh, You did. You got to say what... I said, I feel, it feels like Senator Sanders is the best bet. Yes, yeah. he is. It does feel like that. No, so he, he has a plan for reparations? I mean, he has signed on to H.R. 40, which mm-hmm. we know that says study it. But instead of waiting for that, because we do have to understand how to how we're going to deal with this thing. This is huge. We need repair. But he's not just going to wait for that. The fact that his the programs that he are put he's pushing right now will benefit at the African American community. His marijuana policy. Yeah, so I'm here. Not that it's it's that that policy. What is the first policy of all? Exactly? Part part of it is <clears throat> to expunge the records of folks right. who have marijuana. I think that only makes sense. Another part of it is to make sure that the tobacco industry does not get their paws in this to help these businesses set up as nonprofits and also to create a grant program with billions of dollars in it where that money would be invested in black communities and brown communities and other marginalized communities, the communities that have suffered the most from a BS, and I'm not talking about Bernie Sanders, (laughs) war on drugs, you know, in, in, in the United States of America, to have an attorney general that will work in concert with states all across this country, Health and Human Resources Secretary that will work in conjunction with these states to make sure that we can get people's records expunged. That is part of his marijuana policy. Is he in good condition to run after his heart attack? Because that was my concern. Yes, he is. I mean, so you and you know the senator. You've gotten to know him. You both have. He's been on the show several times. Y'all know our dear friend, Killer Mike. Shout out to Killer That's Mike. my guy. If he couldn't run, he wouldn't be running. Mm-hmm. If the doctor had said to him... And, and Dr. Jane Sanders, that you cannot continue this course. For the love of this country, he would not continue this course. But he can continue this course, and he is continuing this course, and we need him to be in this fight. All right, we have more with Nina Turner. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with former Ohio State Senator Nina Turner. Charlamagne? What do you say to people that think uh, black surrogates are protectors of white candidates. Give me a break. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, this is America. (laughs) (laughs) Protectors, I mean, those of us who have decided to endorse whatever can, because there are plenty of white candidates running. I mean, there are only two black people running, and we got our brother Castro that's running. I mean, you should be able to pick the candidate that you think is going to do the most good for all that you love. Mm -hmm. And all that we love is on the line, and that candidate 
at this particular time is Senator Bernie Sanders. How do you respond to the to the black leaders? I think it was like over 100 who have who challenged Bernie Sanders' movement uh, with anti-black issues. It always boggles my mind while they always coming at him. <laughs> what about mm-hmm. these other candidates that's running? Yeah. There is no anti-blackness going on. You know, the senator has made it very clear any discrimination, any name calling. He doesn't believe in that. But none of the these candidates or elected officials or formerly elected official like myself, we don't control what our supporters say. We can say to them, I disavow this. I don't like this. But you talking about a candidate having to control grown ass people. Right. It just makes no sense. And why are they always laser focusing in on him? I mean, the senator has. You know, lots of African-Americans and other people of color who actually support his presidency. And if that rainbow mosaic of, of black women, of brown women supporting this man doesn't do it, I don't know what else will. So he is, should not be held accountable by what some folks who may support him have to say. And hell, on social media, we don't know who these people are. Right. Yeah, yeah, they can yeah, pretend yeah. to be anybody. But the senator does not like, he does not tolerate, he does not appreciate anybody that has anti-black bias, anti-age bias, anti-anybody's bias uh, supporting his campaign. So he doesn't support that. But we need to call out these other campaigns as well. How do you know what to respond to? Like, how do you know what's noise and just noise and things that, you know what, no, we need to say something about this? I mean, let me give you an example. When President Trump was coming hard after Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, Mm -hmm. Senator didn't hesitate, Mm -hmm. came right to her rescue because that is the right thing to do so when people go so deep and they're so vit- the level of vitriol gets so piercing you you know when something is just just let it go right. and then other moments where you know you got to step up to the plate and you have to speak out about it mm-hmm. now i don't i know you don't want to give no advice to the opposition but when you see <laughs> no i don't <laughs> but when you see joe biden call out trump you know yeah. for for uh co- co- comparing impeachment to lynching but he did the same thing in 98 if you was on his team, how would you handle that? Heck, you gonna you forcing me into this. <laughs> I would just say, leave that alone. Stand down. That's the kind of hypocrisy <laughs> that people are getting tired of in this country, that yes. we will pounce on President Trump. Wrong is wrong, so call him out. Mm-hmm. But also, as Democrats, we got to realize that we got some people on our political side of the spectrum who have done and said some things wrong. And then I will also say that if you are a white person in America, don't compare shit to lynching. <laughs> I mean, that's just the bottom line. Just stay Nothing safe like that. Let's not, just, let's, let's not do that. Because the thousands of African-American people who were lynched, women, children, that white folks in this country, there was a period of time where they brought their families. It was like a party right. to see black folks lynched, black men castrated, black women lynched, babies cut out of their womb. Don't compare right. to lynching. There is no comparison to the white terrorism that black people had to face. And some white people were lynched too. Don't get me wrong. But the the terrorism, lynching was directed at the African-American community. And guess what? It didn't happen in slavery. It happened after Mm. slavery. Because they wanted to, they being the people who believed that we were second-class citizens. White folk. Wanted to keep their power. That's right. And they did it through terrorism. So memo to white people in America, whether you're elected or not, don't compare shit to lynching and then you good. That's it. So that's for all of them. <laughs> right. You know. Then, then we just PSA for all the white people this yeah, morning. Don't just, compare. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, Essence did a poll. They said the number one issue for black women is, is, is health care. 
You think so too? Yes, I have yeah. too. Oh my God. I'm we gonna... have so many issues that we suffer from so much more than other people. And when it comes to uh, having babies and issues with that and also cancer, everything, yes. fibroids, all of that, that black women are affected with so much more that could cripple your whole economic livelihood. It is, I mean, three times the death rate for, you know, black women just bearing children in the 21st century. All of that struggle is real. You know, my mother died, and I think I shared this with you guys maybe probably when you first had me on uh, years ago, but my mother died at the young age of 42. Mm. That's young to die. Oh, you know, yeah. Aneurysm uh, burst in her in her brain. So, it yeah, black women and, and the level of stress. And so when we think about the programs that, you know, bringing this back to why it's important to elect somebody that's not going to equivocate on the needs, not being able to provide for your family stresses you the hell out. Mm. That's up. why we do need a living wage of $15 an hour at the base. Not being able to have access to health care stresses you the hell out. Yeah. That is why we need Medicare for all and not this Medicare for some or Medicare for choice. You know, you got a presidential candidate saying they want to give Medicare for people who choose. If this program is not universal, meaning that we all have something to gain or lose, it will not work. And that is why universal programs are particularly important mm -hmm. to black people, because if these programs only talk about us then it's easy to just say, well, we're not going to do it. But if we all have skin in the game, college for all, canceling student debt, canceling medical debt, Medicare for all, then we all are in this. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard a Bernie surrogate at one point? She was in 2016. Okay, and she's running for president. So that mean you running in 2024? <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you're going to run in 2024? I don't know if the country ready for all that I got. <laughs> but I just think... Just, they ready for this kind of black girl magic. But that, just to see it out there would yeah. be incredible. It would. Are you, you, know? you going to back me up? A hundred percent. Angela, you would assist a hundred percent. No, I'm riding with Senator exactly. Turner a hundred percent. Listen, I can't wait to see a black woman as president. Ooh-wee. She's like, but right now we're here for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. We're here for the senator. We are. See, Charlotte, he said 2024, so yes. we're not stepping on our senator. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get that all the time, and I count it as... Uh, I'm honored by that. I'm humbled. I know it's not every day people walk around and say, I'd like to see you as President of the United States of America. But yes, in this moment, the champion that I'm supporting is Senator Bernard Sanders. But Charlemagne and Angela, I do want to thank you guys, you know, for always lifting me. It's hard to be a black woman in America, and especially when you're in politics like this. And, you know, not only is racism real, colorism is real, too, and it's a painful thing. I'm glad to see our sister Lapita has been addressing, you mm -hmm. know, some issues on colorism. Mm -hmm. So... When my folks lift me in this way, it really does make me feel really good. So just thank you so much. For thank that. you, Senator No, Turner. I'm with you. I, listen, politics is difficult. Every time we discuss politics, I get crazy messages. So mm. I can't even imagine what oh, you're... Yeah. All kinds but, yeah, of hate. So much. So yeah. I applaud you, and I'm glad that you're able to come here and that we can be a platform for you as well. Thank you. <laughs> All right, it's Nina Turner. It's The Breakfast Club. Thank you for coming. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee has it. on the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yes, 50 Cent is mad, and he's mad at the Comcast CEO. He said, this is the guy effing up power over at Comcast for no reason, Brian Roberts. MF looked like he'd been pushed around his whole life. Damn. He needed to chill out, go to a golf course, or sit his ass down somewhere. So I don't know what the issues are, but Comcast will be dropping stars from their service by December 10th. So that means it's going to be lower ratings for the show, lower ratings for all their future uh, spinoffs that he has. And of course, 50 Cent Executive produces that. That so. sucks. Mm -hmm. Where people go see stars? 
uh, I guess they could get rid of their Comcast so they just won't have it or they could look on the app. But mm. that's, you know, just too difficult. Right. All right. Now, Blink-182. Uh, remember that Little Wayne was co-headlining that tour, mm-hmm. and there were some dates that he missed, some performances that were shortened, things like that. Well, the band was on the Kevin and Bean show, and during that conversation, here's what they had to say about Little Wayne threatening to quit all of the uh, shortened shows and all of that. Was it frustrating when he couldn't show up? No. It was always excusable, too. Like, you know, like, he had re- and he would hit, yeah, sometimes he would hit me and he'd be like, hey, I'm about to let everyone else know I can't make it to the show, this, this, and that's going on. But it's usually to protect himself and his freedom, you know, or like if you're in a state and the cops start like tailing you everywhere and you're going to get like pinched for smoking weed, it's it's just not worth it, you know? Well, I get it. Cops follow me around from city to city because of some past things that I've done when I was they a do? lot younger. I'm talking about if I'm Little Wayne. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. If so, I didn't know the cops were following you. I would be upset and mad too. It gets to the point, look, I'm an artist. I'm grown. You know, I just want to perform and enjoy my show. But, you know, if you're harassing me, I might skip that city, too. Well, Travis Barker also went on to say that a lot of these things that you were hearing about were over-exaggerated. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he's so solid, and he's such a professional. He killed it every night. Um, the one day where he walked off stage, he had said, I just felt like they didn't like me, so I walked off stage. Like, I didn't want to put them through it. I wanted you guys to be able to get on and, and do your thing. Now, could you imagine you performing, and the fans are not there for you? They're really there for Blink-182? You're going to finish your full set? You might be like, you know what? I'm going to put you out your misery. I'm going to bring out Blink-182. Here they are. And I'm going to walk off stage, too. And you know what else, too? Sometimes you get on stage, and when you're, like, more of the opener, mm-hmm. the audience just isn't there yet. People get there late. That is true, too. Yeah, so that's what happens. Sometimes they'll push back the start time because of that. That didn't happen with Megan Thee Stallion at Powerhouse, though. No, the, the crowd was, was there, there for Megan Thee Stallion, and she opened up. Though. All right, now, Kanye West. Let's talk about his Sunday service tour, since we're talking about touring. He's planning this concert tour. And Sunday service will be on the road. Feels like he's already kind of been doing that. Uh But the problem is, remember his insurance company. Last time there were issues, him trying to get the money from the insurance company. And he has mental health issues, and that's why he canceled before. Well, now he's going to be able to get an insurance company to cover his tour. But the only thing is that the insurance will not cover cancellations due to mental health issues. So there was an exclusion for that. Yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't cover it if I was an insurance company. I mean, the last one, you, you said you had mental health issues. So now why would I put my money to invest in a Kanye tour when you could do three shows, you get all this money, and then all of a sudden you say, you know what, um, mentally I'm not healthy, I need to take some bre- take a break. Right. Nah, and they said he wasn't taking his medication, and so I think uh, you can't really argue that. I wouldn't make that investment. All right, so yeah. And insurance is not trying to know that they're going to have to put out that money unless Correct. it's like some unexpected, something out of contr- out of your hands. All right, Kim Kardashian is reportedly concerned about Kanye's upcoming Jesus is King tour. Now, he's really excited to tour. He wants to start as soon as possible. But they said uh, Kim Kardashian reportedly has some worries because of how everything happened last time. She still supports him. See? But she doesn't want him to have these mental health issues. He, she doesn't want him to do this intense tour with no breaks. She wants him to focus on him. If his wife is having some concerns and she's with them 24-7, am I going to invest in that? Am I going to back that? Nah. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about Kawhi Leonard. He actually has filed an application to trademark a couple of his signature sayings. <laughs> you know, people love how, I guess, he just is very introverted. Mm-hmm and doesn't express anything like in an excited manner too often. Mm -hmm. So he filed two applications on October 23rd. One is What It Do Baby. If you guys remember, this comes from how he greeted Serge Ibaka after winning the NBA championship. Right. What It Do Baby. 
And then he's also trademarking city views over interviews. So there you have it. I wonder if he'll be able to get what he do, baby. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's for a clothing line. He probably can. He should spell do D-E-W. What it do with like D-E-W-W-W with a few W's. He probably and then maybe can he can get, get a Mountain Dew sponsorship. He probably can get that. What mm-hmm. it do, baby? He probably can get that. <laughs> but he probably will be able to get it if no one else has applied for it. Right. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. I'm sorry right. I wasn't here, man. I really had to poop, bro. I told you last night. We know. Night, we know. Last night, I had, I had Chick-fil-A when I was in Charlotte. Okay. I had Carolina barbecue pit. I had me some pulled chicken with some mashed potatoes and scream beans. Then I came home, my wife had chili. Mm. So you had the runs? Not the runs, just like one of them explosive ones. You know what I'm saying? You see, boom. Yeah. And then you had to take all your clothes Kaboom. off. Boom. Guess who stepped in the room? Did you wipe well? Of course I wipe well. Do you use baby wipes? Nah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie, though. Oh I'm boy. spoiled now because of that bidet that I experienced in L.A. Yeah. I like the water squirting in my ass, bro. Not going to lie. I really do enjoy that. <laughs> Did you take all your clothes off? I do. You know, I take all my clothes off when I, when I mm. do a number two. All right. All right. Well, I bombed atomically just now. I don't okay. expect the deck would be proud of me. All right. All right. Well, Revolt, we'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to Nina Turner for joining us this morning. Love Nina Turner, man. Nina is a good, Nina's a really good person. I talked to Nina on air and off the air. She is really about that life she be talking. Okay, good. I, and yeah, you were out in uh, Maryland yesterday, right? Yes, I was in Silver Spring, Maryland. Lip Service Live is in full gear. I actually leave to go to Atlanta tomorrow. But thanks to everybody who came out. We had an amazing time. DJ Quicksilver was there with us. Donnell Rawlings, Rico Nasty, Michi So Crazy. Really fun, amazing show. And in Atlanta tomorrow, we have Trouble. We have YF and Lucci. We have Tokyo Jets. We have Johnny Blaze, so that's going to be another great one. And after that, we head out to San Francisco where we have Mr. Fab, we have Filthy Rich, and we have Kamaya. So we're really going. Okay. All right. Well, hey, listen, I want to salute everybody at Winthrop University, man. I was at Winthrop yesterday. Uh, we held a conversation called Tell Your Story with uh, myself and Marianne Williamson and Michelle Williams, and we was just actually all out there talking about our different struggles with mental health uh, and just, you know, giving the kids uh, ways on how to be more mentally healthy and just talking about mindfulness as a whole, man. So salute to everybody who pulled up at Winthrop University yesterday. When you tell these college kids free food and free admission, boy, they're going to take that opportunity to skip out on, on class or whatever. I don't know if they had to be in class yesterday or not, but whatever it was, we appreciate you pulling up. Um, yesterday I went to university. Thank you. Thank you for the energy. All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, um, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes, I do, man. Um, the positive note is simply this. And, you know, uh, like I told y'all, I was at Winthrop University yesterday holding a, a conversation called Tell Your Story with myself and Marianne Williamson and Michelle Williams. And, you know, I think that the one of the biggest ways to fight mental health stigma is just to talk about your mental health openly. So I just want to encourage everybody out there to tell your story, educate yourself and others, be conscious of your language, okay? And show compassion for those who may be struggling with any type of mental health issues. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?